TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome to Nothing Impossible on St. Louis's News Radio KMOX. Welcome into the show where we help you understand what's happening next in St. Louis, especially when it comes to technology, the jobs of the future, and the tech that we're going to see all around us. Michael Calhoun and Travis Sheridan. We are. Uh Always in a world of buzzwords, it seems like. I mean, innovation <laughs> is a buzzword. Uh, geospatial is a buzzword. You know, biotech is a buzzword. Mm-hmm. But in the end, it's about making us live on a planet maybe a little bit better. Yeah. And geospatial, you've no doubt, I don't think you've been able to consume any media or go out, you know, in St. Louis without hearing the word geospatial as our future for this region. But what is geospatial, and why are people saying that that's the future for us? Well, and I think that if we we all have walk around with these digital computers in our pockets, right, our phones and whatnot, and uh, I think every time you're opening an app, it says, "Do you want to share your location?" What does that really and mean? And some of them, you're like, "Why do you need my well, location? Yeah, why do why does need- this app need <laughs> right. my location?" Yeah, and 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 what kind of industries are using? that location data and what are they using it for and then when it comes to that momentum i mean just this week we're going to bring you a couple of uh interviews from news stories of two companies who decided to put their big operations for gis and geospatial in st louis one of them is a colorado-based company that not only analyzes a geospatial information satellite imagery they launch the set they make the satellites too that go up there. So that's really cool. Going into the same building is a Swedish company that's also in the geospatial space. Uh, They maintain geographical information, charts, maps. Uh, Both of those are customers of the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, that big spy agency that's building its headquarters in North St. Louis. And then we've got all the efforts designed to help bolster St. Louis for the future of this, which we'll get into. Yeah, because if you think about, you know, these disparate activities, companies moving here, students graduating from university, uh, younger people being interested in these career fields. There needs to be a concerted and coordinated effort so we can get the most out of it. And so we will talk about GeoFutures, a uh, an, a group that's being assembled here in St. Louis with a number of thought leaders and, and civic leaders that are really making sure that we do this in a strategic and good way. So we've got, here's what's coming up. We've got Maxar Technologies from Colorado. We've got T-Kartor from Sweden. They're both building big operations here. We're going to talk with uh, GeoFutures, which is a new effort to create an ecosystem for these kinds of companies and training and technology and investment here. And then we're going to finish it up with one of the established companies that's already here, that's growing in St. Louis, and which powers a lot of maps behind the scenes on uh, software you might use, Esri. So a lot coming up on the show. So as you're driving around and your car is moving from location to location, keep it on this station and listen to what we're going to say. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Nothing Impossible on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. All right. Our very own Alex Degman had a chance to chat with Simon Bailey, the uh, USA CEO for T-Car Tour, uh, about their decision to come to St. Louis. 
So, Simon, you mentioned that um, the NGA is a big client for you. So before I get into the details of what T. Carter is, was it a coincidence that you chose the Globe Building, given the fact that NGA is going to be operating basically a mile from there? Well, I mean, uh, that definitely went into our decision-making process. Um, We were um, looking at uh, uh, actually three different options. Um, One of them being, of course, the uh, over at the T-Rex building, Um, one of them being over in Cortex area, one buying our own building. Actually, we were actually looking at uh, uh, some pieces of real estate over on the Washington corridor that we may want to actually purchase. And uh, at the end of the day, when we, when we focused on the Globe building, it made too much sense from not just the data fiber speeds, um, the actual facility itself, the ability is going to give us to expand. Um, and, you know, we're not really a startup company, so it didn't make sense to go to certain locations uh, where the Globe seemed to be more of a, a fit for us as a scale-up situation that we're under to suit all our needs for not just the growth we've been seeing, which uh, right now has been double the size uh, where we were a year ago, uh, where we've gone from basically uh, 35 people a year ago to we'll be employing 70 people in the St. Louis area before the end of this year. Oh, wow. Okay. So you mentioned that uh, the infrastructure for the Globe Building is perfect, and we, and Tucker and Washington, that whole area, um, the Gigabyte Corridor is what it's kind of referred to in some circles. Um Besides that, uh, what about the building itself? Because that's almost a half million square feet of real estate in there. How much of that do you plan on taking up? Well, we're we're, we're not going we're not going, going too crazy, right? We're doing what makes sense, but uh, we are taking up uh, about four to five thousand square feet now. Um, uh, in fact, when we originally started doing the build out with uh, Steve Stone and the Globe Building uh, uh, um, Management over there. We had originally designed it to suit some of the needs we are currently seeing about a year ago. Um, what's happened to us is we're actually planning on or, or you know breaking ground uh, uh, really tomorrow night. Actually, we're having a big networking reception over there tomorrow. Uh, we're co-sponsoring an event with the Globe Building and Maxar um, that'll take place tomorrow night between four and seven. Um, that uh, anybody listening to this is welcome to attend if they want to show up and check out the digs. But um, we. We are in a situation where we've actually already seen the build-out, what we started proposing a year ago, um, due to the exponential growth we've been undertaking. Um, the nice part about the situation we're in with them is we are able to already facilitate additional space uh, on the same floor to continue growing as needed. Um, they're very easy to work with. It's why to build up. Uh, the physical security of the building, too, is important to us. Uh, as we're doing, as you know, with NGA, the work we're doing, um, data security, um, physical security, all paramount, and the Globe facility really uh, offers all those needs where we can even build out a, um, a more secure environment if needed. We have basically secured in-ground parking in the building, which is a, a nice benefit because we have a lot of people that need to work. Uh, around the clock to deal with surge support from the government on different crisis missions that might be going on. And it, it really fits a, a multitude of our needs that uh, we don't have currently. Where was the American headquarters for T. Carter previously? And besides the forthcoming NGA, was there anything else that made you decide that St. Louis was the place to go? 
So we were actually located in St. Louis over in the Blanqui building um, over by Karina previously. Oh, okay. I don't um, know that's and yeah, so we, um, we, we actually were looking at, we had to make a decision. Were we going to stay in the St. Louis area um, or were we going to actually think about going out of the St. Louis area? That was kind of an easy decision to make because of all the stuff going on with NGA and all the geospatial uh, uh, really I don't want to call it hype because it's, it's just the, the growth that's already seen um, in every aspect of geospatial work, not just with NGA, but with the city itself, all the companies that are coming in the area making investments in the geospatial network, if you'd say, um, not even if it's directly supporting NGA, but from different avenues like Monsanto with the agricultural side um, and the other support structures that geospatial services can offer in other areas of business. Um, so with us, it came to, we wanted to be more in a centrally located position and she was moving, uh, you know, the Zigabit corridor, definitely, uh, it's not named that for any lack of reason. It's, uh, you know, the fiber is driving right through there into the city, through the globe building, through multiple data, um, providers in that building that are actually servicing, uh, the St. Louis area. The infrastructure in that building has... I mean, there's an Ameren substation on site. Uh, we, you know, we can't afford to have any downtime. Um, there's the substation there, the data fiber companies there. Uh, you know, that's the place that is going to allow us to not have any downtime and be able to support uh, round the clock if needed. Uh, and also, I mean, I make jokes to the staff now that if, uh, if a zombie apocalypse happened, this is the building you want to be in in St. Louis. Well, it looks that way, certainly. I mean, from from the outside, it looks very fortified. And I mean, you keep talking about security, and there's, you know, there's no question about that. That seems to be one of the most secure buildings downtown. It, it seems like not, uh, not not more than three weeks ago, I was talking with somebody about the uh, development of the old Post Dispatch building and what they want to do in that area, creating a new uh, innovation district, kind of, uh, I guess, a la Cortex or something like that. And then, not not even like three weeks later, this announcement comes. Is this indicative of the momentum that you think that area is going to be seeing over the next few years? Uh, definitely. I think um, you know one of the things that we were wanting to do is make sure we get over in the area early before um, it gets it gets crazy. And uh, you know, I like to think we're, we're going to be one of the um, uh, at least in the geospatial world we're in with NGA, we're going to be one of the direct linchpins of of growth in that gigabit corridor because of the benefits it offers. I mean, Maxar itself choosing to actually locate an office over there and then being the size of the company they are is more evidence that this, uh, that the globe building is situated, situated perfectly. Um, and let's face it, I mean, other areas in there, um, like T-Rex and all that have already blown up. They're already hitting capacity. So, uh, you know, this whole area right around there, um, along with what you mentioned earlier, what Square's doing, uh, just adjacent. Um, and all the jobs they're going to be adding is really going to be a, a nice place to be at. Uh, and I really see growth with the restaurants and stuff that already Washington has going on, um, just further growth of that area. Can you tell me what else besides uh, your contract with NGA and data security, uh, what else does T. Carter do? Uh, do you uh, work with municipalities? Do you work with local governments? Uh, who are uh, some of your other clients? So, yeah, some of our clients, um, big clients are the New York City DOT, Department of Transportation, 
um, and New York City MTA. Um, in fact, with uh, New York City DOT, we do all the um, – they had a, a project for Walk NYC, which is all the city wayfinding um, totems around the city for um, uh, basically uh, the infrastructure of walking around and getting around um, the city for city wayfinding. It's all done by us. We actually have a contract we're working with the city of Toronto um, to do something similar that we did with New York City already. Um, we actually, uh, uh, this all started from a big contract, uh, Key Carter won with, uh, in the city of London, uh, called Legible London, where he worked with, uh, uh, Transport for London, uh, developing something similar, uh, with all the mapping needs that the city has, infrastructure-wise, subway maps, um, to really, uh, help cities, large cities with, um, moving people cleanly and quickly to the city to, A, reduce the carbon footprint, and to uh, create healthy options that really facilitate not just rapid movement of the city and dealing with the, um, you know, the, the globs of traffic patterns and all that can happen, but just, you know, keeping up with basically uh, a, a more of a climate focus on helping reduce uh, all of the bad things we go with carbon emissions and everything else and uh, mapping and geospatial data is the key a key way to help facilitate that. Uh, you mentioned that the build-out has already started. Uh, when can we expect uh, employees to start moving in there if they haven't already? So, so yeah, the build-out actually is done um, with, the, with the exception of the furniture. Like I mentioned earlier, um, there's a big networking, kind of a pre-open house where you can come tomorrow night um, and check out the uh, facility. Um, everything but the furniture is in place. Um, we actually are going to be having the furniture built in and actually having employees uh, be operational on October 21st is our plan right now in that facility. Wow, that's that's amazing. That's really quick. <laughs> that's It just seems yeah, to move yeah, a lot we're, faster we're, than anything we're, else. We're moving, we're, moving, we're moving along. We're not messing around. And, uh, you know, one of the big things for us is, you know, our biggest commodity at Key Carter is, is really our people and our staff. And, you know, the globe and the bill that we're doing is also going to help us, att- help us attract uh, a younger workforce. And, you know, that's another reason for the key of being over in that area. Where we're over at now on the other side of the city, um, it's not been built out enough yet. There's not walkability. You know, we're trying to attract, uh, you know, a younger generation from not just current St. Louis people, but also from outside the St. Louis area to move here and uh, become part of this great city and what things are, things are hit off. Coming up next, we will continue the discussion about geospatial and uh, why another company moved here from Colorado. Colorado-based Maxor Technologies, Senior Director Mike Gorley. So, first of all, um, talk to me about um, the infrastructure of the building. Because, uh, like I mentioned, I mentioned uh, T. Carter USA I talked with a little bit earlier this week. They're also moving into the globe, talking about uh, the right. infrastructure and just the uh, the Internet speed, the fact that there's an Ameren substation right in the building. Um, is that important to what you do, and how big of a factor did the, the, the infrastructure of the area play into this decision? It's very important. Uh, high-speed Internet, our understanding is that the uh, that's probably the fastest line in St. Louis, um, and that's that's definitely a, a factor that weighs in. And then the uh, and then the power setup. Uh, again, I don't know the right nomenclature and stuff, but uh, my understanding is that power will never go out in that building. So, <laughs> so that's uh, you know for a company like ours, that's uh, that's extremely important, especially as we think about uh, the potential of uh, other 
other operations that we might move in there over the, over the next couple of years. And is this going to be a new office that the company's opening up, or are you moving from somewhere else? So we have had, uh, we've had temporary space in the St. Louis area for uh, probably the last two years. Um, so we've moved, uh, moved around a little bit. Um, there's only, I think there's 14 of us right now. Um, and so, so yeah, to answer your question, I guess short in a shorter way, uh, yeah, this will be a new location for us. Up until, I believe it was 2013, there was also a Digital Earth office here. Um, was that was the decision to close that office part of the current company, or was that, uh, was that previous management? That was previous management. So that was, uh, yeah, that wasn't actually Digital Globe, it was GOI, and there was, a, there was a merger of companies, I think Digital Globe and GOI at the time, and so it, there was a lot of redundancy, and so that was the reason they closed that office. But it was definitely under a different uh, management structure and, uh, <clears throat> and uh, uh, philosophy. Okay, very good. Um, so the GLOW building is among the closest that are in that area to NGA. What benefits do you get from being uh, so close geographically to NGA? And as a, I guess as a follow-up to that, uh, do you anticipate that this office will mainly focus on the needs of NGA? This office will, yeah, predominantly we're going to focus on, on NGA needs. We have a number of contracts uh, with NGA. Um, we're kind of scattered across the country. And even though those contracts will still be predominantly served in those areas, uh, we want to have close-by presence because, you, you know, it's always good to be close to your customer if there's, you know, if there's special questions or uh, meetings and stuff so that you have representation here. So, so unlike uh well not unlike but maybe maybe unlike some other companies uh we're going to uh we're going to be uh uh representing a number of different contracts the company has with NGA rather than just one one large contract where we do say production and that's all we do so it's it's more diversified when do you expect uh the build out of your new space to be completed if it's not already and when do you expect to occupy the space it's uh it's yeah it's under construction and uh by all hopes and being told we're looking about January 15th for a grand opening ribbon cutting and i think i saw something about um you you said you were at about 14 employees in the area right now and i think i saw something somewhere that you were looking to go up to about 50 yeah the initial uh, initial run up will be to about 50 mm-hmm. okay and this is part of a larger company that has offices worldwide, about 5,800 employees. Can you tell me a little bit about what, what else Maxor Technologies does besides just the geospatial aspects of everything? Oh, well, predominantly we, uh, we fly satellites. Um, we, do, uh, we have a number of uh, observation platforms that, uh, that we use, um, we, and we sell that imagery um, uh, both... Uh, uh, to governments and and quite a bit uh, commercially as well, so that's that's probably our bread and butter. Do you get the sense that there is a certain deal of momentum? We talked about uh, a few minutes ago. We talked about a potential trend of more geospatial agencies or those who serve the geospatial agencies moving closer. But uh, what do you think about that area just north of Washington? Does it seem like that could eventually be the place to be? I think so. I I think you know just not. Not knowing it, the area that well. I mean, I am from St. Louis area, but uh, uh, just taking a look at it, it it, it seems like it's going to follow the same trend that uh, 
the campus east out in the Springfield or D.C. area did, uh, which was these uh, areas that were, you know, that weren't that uh, built out or whatever, if that's the right word. Uh, they were, um, uh, yeah, they took quite a, quite a turn after the campus was built uh, for the positive to the positive. Yep. All right. Well, that's good news. I'm sure a lot of people in that area love to hear that. Yeah, we're we're very much looking forward to getting that permanent presence out here. So, so yeah. All right, great. Well, Mike Gorley, I really appreciate your time. Thanks, thanks a lot for calling in, and uh, best of luck for you. Welcome back to Nothing Impossible on St. Louis's News Radio KMOX. All right, we talk about geospatial a lot on the show because it has a bright future in St. Louis. And today we'll talk specifically about geofutures. See how we put these things together. Uh, we have Andy Deering on the line uh, chatting with us. He is the project lead for the geofutures project here in St. Louis. Andy, thanks for joining us. Yeah, hi, Travis. Hi, Michael. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. So, uh, First of all, we, we talk about geospatial has a lot to do with the new NGA project uh, that's happening in North St. Louis. But what is GeoFutures specifically? So GeoFutures is a, a strategic initiative that we've gathered uh, folks from around the community, uh, civic entrepreneurs, academic uh, industry, government leaders. And really, it's creating this initiative and finishing uh, establishing a strategic roadmap for geospatial and, and from an economic development and, and putting out some real strong goals and plans for how we can continue to grow and maintain this geospatial hub from today into the future. And Andy, this has really begun to pick up steam, it seems like, uh, recently. Just this past week, we've had two companies announce the uh, the establishment of one, their U.S. headquarters, and the other, a major office being opened uh, by a Colorado-based company in St. Louis. Seems like this is really picking up uh, right about now. Is this only going to continue to gain momentum as NGA gets even closer to becoming a reality in North St. Louis? Absolutely. I mean, this is, you know, I think a lot of us kind of saw this potentially happening and, and saw this opportunity that are here. And the, the folks that are sitting around the Geo Futures Initiative all kind of saw this, that they could play out this way. And I think the big part that we see here in the opportunity is, not, is well beyond NGA2. And, and there's other, these organizations that are moving in not only work with and for the NGA, but they also work with other organizations in and around the area and even beyond and globally and internationally. Like like with Maxar and, and what they do for their primary mission, so it's great to see these these organizations seeing the value and the potential in St. Louis and the opportunities that we have here. Well, and speaking of people who saw potential, your former company Geo uh, uh, Boundless uh, was in New York, and you saw the future and relocated a lot of the team here to St. Louis uh, before you started moving on and doing things with uh, with Geo Futures. Uh, Speaking of the future, what does this look like for the future workforce, and uh, what's the Geo Futures Committee doing as it relates to prepping the, the the talent that's needed for these jobs? Well, it's a it's a great question. I think the what we're doing or what we're thinking about from a talent pipeline is you know what we one one statement that was made from NGA uh, you know a year and a half ago at the 2018 Geo and Symposium was the workforce that is there today um, you know is not. 50, 40 to 50 percent of that workforce is not going to be there when they open their camp, their new campus doors in 2025. And so that's beyond that and, and these organizations that are starting to move here and starting to set up these big hiring plans, we've got to kind of stay ahead of that. And so looking and assessing what skills are needed not only today from a, what the geospatial industry is, but also what's needed 
tomorrow and what's going to be needed in the next 5, 10, 15 years. And so part of what the committee has and, and the, the people that are sitting around the table is the K through 12 and academic institutions and non-traditional um, institutions are all sitting around the table trying to figure out how we stay ahead of the curve and that we're building and creating the workforce and the, the skills that are needed to continue to put St. Louis on the map as the geospatial hub. We're talking with Andy Deering, who's the project lead for the new Geo Futures effort in St. Louis. And the advisory committee, Andy, is like a, a who's who when it comes to the innovation community and our big tech-heavy businesses. We've got everyone from consulting firms like Booz Allen to folks uh, from geospatial-specific firms like Maxar and Esri to St. Louis tech firms, including Worldwide Technology, the Climate Corporation, and even the universities and other educational institutions from St. Louis University to Launch Code. Seems like everybody is on board with this effort, and we've heard so much about workforce as being the number one need, the number one priority. But what else is this advisory committee and what else is Geo Futures going to be doing to help position St. Louis for success here? Yeah, so I, you know, this this effort, you know, we're taking a similar path of what was taken 20 years ago um, with some of the plant and life sciences work that was done here from an economic development perspective. There was a study that was done with the Battelle study, and it really assessed: is this a ripe for the potential uh, for this industry segment? And then all the initiatives and policies and businesses that spun out of that were all part of a centralized plan that was all brought together by a group of people and organizations that helped make that possible. We're doing that again today, you know, 20 years later with a new industry that we see a lot of potential in. And so a baseline study has been created and done just to say, hey, you know, is are the right ingredients here? Um, and, and there is potential here. And now it's putting together a strategic plan that's not just, you know, what do we need from workforce development? What do we need from academic? What policies need to be created? What other initiatives and entrepreneurial efforts need to be, you know, generated and created to really make this thing a... Uh, uh, build the momentum and gain the steam that we need to have that carries it not just for the next couple of years, but carries this on out for the next 20 years. And so we've had uh, Don Rubin, the uh, president and CEO of BioSTL, on the show a number of times and speaking with them. Uh, and it sounds like, as, as you were just saying, this is, the, this is almost following the same structure and model and template that BioSTL used to establish uh, health and life science uh, ecosystem and really leverage that in St. Louis. And so now we're doing this with geospatial, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And, and so, uh, you know, we can look back and see where BioSTL started and see where we are today in the, uh, in, in the biotech space. Uh, since this is called uh, Geo Futures, give us a look into the future. What does your crystal ball say? What does this look like 10, 15 years from now? Well, I, the geospatial landscape, if you, t- if you go back 10 to 15 years before this, it has drastically changed. And, and the advent of IT technologies, mobile devices, et cetera, are all very, very key and instrumental in this. And so um, where are we going to go in the next 10 to 15 years is where IT is going to be going. So things like artificial intelligence and machine learning will just be native and core to that. There's going to be more sensors and more ways to aggregate location-based information than before. And organizations, commercial, government, others are going to have to figure out how to aggregate that information to be able to make more effective decisions. And so you're going to see more commercial use cases that are going to be shared publicly, privately um, with government organizations and others that in having a place where 
the practice and the science of being able to fully realize and make those those informed decisions and, and algorithms and those sorts of things. That's all that all can be happened here. And as you think about trends on autonomous vehicles and what's needed for that, location plays a primary role in that. So you know, optimistically in the next 10, 15, 20 years, as these new startups are generated, as they're thinking about new ideas and new sensors or new IT models are, are generated, they find that, hey, St. Louis is a great home for them to build and grow their business. And we've got a great startup, um, you know, infrastructure that's already here. We've got great uh, talent pools that will already be here to where they can take that forward and that we will be globally recognized as the leading leading center for location-based, you know, information systems and technology and talent. And that, that even, you know, the large businesses would be seeing us as, hey, Amazon moves their, their location intelligence headquarters here and Uber moves their, you know, autonomous vehicle systems here um, because they know that we have a talent pool that will help them realize the value of what we're creating. And Andy, when it comes to uh, continuing on the BioSTL thread here, um, it, what uh, what are the different aspects, I guess, of GeoFutures? For instance, Bio has the education and the marketing aspect, Global STL, but then they also have uh, direct investment, BioGenerator, helping with funding for small stage companies. And then they've just opened the new building in Cortex, providing a physical facility. Are you looking to create a similar ecosystem within the GeoFutures brand, similar to what BioSTL has done with funding and, and facilities and that sort of thing? I think so. The the work has already kind of been discussed and started, but you know, part of this, you know, next phase that we're going to do within the next six months is really generating a report and a recommendation on what needs to be created. And so, out of the Battelle report, BioSTL was a recommendation to be created, and some of those things that are around there. I think you know what we're seeing is it's ripe for that. And personally speaking, from my experience as CEO at Boundless trying to find investment for your organization and trying to fully understand the potential of the geospatial industry, you know, the resources are going to be there to help support these types of organizations. And we're not having to go out to investment institutions and define, well, what is geospatial? The industry is here. It's, it's well-defined and we're helping promote it. And so I think providing those, those aspects is really much needed ingredient to continue to grow this, this ecosystem here. All right. Well, Andy Deering, the community lead for Geo. Uh, I'm sorry. All right, Andy Deering, the community lead for Geo Futures. Thanks so much Project for Project Lead. Project Lead. One of the, Andy. I'm going to be a professional one day. I, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So well, thanks for thanks for joining us, Andy Deering, the Project Lead for Geo Futures. Uh, we're going to continue the conversation by chatting with Esri next, another company here in St. Louis that's doing a lot in the geospatial area. So stick around. Welcome back to Nothing Impossible on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. Michael and Travis with you as we continue our weekly conversation about St. Louis innovation and technology. And this week, well, this whole show is geospatial themed, but this week has really been geospatial themed. You know, in the news every morning, I feel like there's been some sort of announcement every day about a new company either expanding or setting up in St. Louis this week. Well, and I, what I love about this sort of conversation is geospatial is all is all about location uh, technology, and it turns out St. Louis is the location for geospatial work. Let's find out from one of the leading companies when it comes to location intelligence. Jennifer Prather, who's the Senior Program Manager for Esri, joins us on KMOX. Happy to be here. And so talk about what the appeal of St. Louis is for a huge company that's in this field like Esri. Why do you feel the need to be in St. Louis? You know, I think the driving force with 
with the location of, of St. Louis is it's really the center of, of the U.S. Um, it's really made it easy for us to get support to our customers, both in the region, but certainly across the country. And you can get in and out of, out of St. Louis relatively easy. Um, and so we're really able to support a broad, a, a broad user community um, in a variety of industries, uh, you know, focusing on the defense and intelligence space. I mean, NGA is, is building a brand new campus here in St. Louis, which is really exciting and has been a, a staple of, of the community for, for quite some time. But, you know, certainly opportunities, um, you know, working in the agribusiness, um, the biotech business, uh, utilities, departments of transportation. I mean, you name it, we got it all here in St. Louis, which makes that really exciting. And Jennifer, for our listeners uh, that, you know, maybe do not know what every company in St. Louis does, and it's part of our job to help tell that story and help them get excited about what some of the companies are doing here in St. Louis. Tell us a little bit about Esri. Yeah, so Esri, you know, you, you stated it. Um, Esri's the global leader in location intelligence. Uh, we've been in a company for, I think this is, our, is, is exactly our 50th year. Uh, we're focused on, on, you know, both um, the analytics and harness, the analytics, the, the managing of this robust amount of data that, that companies and uh, users are, are gathering on, on a daily basis. Um, it's really allowing us, it's really taking that, that information that everything happens in time and space and putting it in, in, a, in a map or in a, in, a, in a way that you can visualize to make sense of, of all of this really valuable uh, information that's out there. And so what we offer is both um, a web-based solution for, that, for those GIS analytics and visualization, but we also have some extremely robust desktop capabilities. We, if you need to take that, take that even further, um, you know, great power behind, behind those analytics. Um, not just, you know, the, the features themselves, you know, points, lines, and polygons, but certainly the imagery that, that's associated with that. I mean, there's so much imagery and information out there. Esri, Esri software really brings that all together in, in, a, in a very easy and intuitive way to use. Every year uh, for Christmas, my family used to get me a new version of the Rand McNally Atlas that I would keep in my car so that I have the most recent uh, updated and data information. It's just to think about a company like Esri that's been around for 50 years, I can imagine you've seen uh, the company has seen quite a transition in the type of work that it's doing. Well, it certainly has. I mean, I'm, I'm a cartographer at heart. So, I mean, I started out my career making those, making those hard copy maps. You know, there's nothing, nothing I love more than, than holding a map in my hand. Um, but certainly now, you know, we have a offering this card called RTS Online, which is a cloud-based mapping and analysis solution, um, right? It gives you the ability to make maps, manage and analyze that data, and then really share and collaborate across the globe. Um, which is, is, is extremely powerful. Everybody is, everybody's looking at their phone these days and something like RGS online really, really brings that uh, to the forefront. Um, especially with, you know, this heavy focus on, on cloud technology. I mean, that impact has really been phenomenal. Jennifer, can you explain, I think people can visualize, all right, maps, direction, getting around, um, but maybe some other examples of how geospatial technology, even where the data comes from, is it from satellites or is it tracking location on uh, whether you're, it's a person or it's logistics and you're tracking an item, where's the data come from and what are some applications that are going to make people go, wow, I, I never even thought that, that that's what geospatial could be? Yeah, you know, data can come in a, in a variety of ways. Uh, you know, already touched on the fact that there's there's a lot of imagery out there. There's a lot of airborne, airborne imagery, satellite imagery. You know, 
data is data. Everything happens in space and time. You can add that, that spatial component to, to pretty much anything. Um, so, you know, you can, can be gathering those business metrics from, you know, a lot, of, a lot of commercial vendors are taking advantage of GIS capabilities. You know, what, ta- what types of, of um, individuals are coming to their stores? Where are they coming from? What are they, what are they purchasing? When it comes to, you know, the defense and intelligence side of the world, sure, real-time information on, tra- on essentially tracking, tracking those bad guys. Where, where are that events happening across the globe? Where do we need to be focusing our energies? Data is just coming in from all types of, types of avenues. But I think one area that's really of interest uh, to us right now is, you know, our ability to, to have this convergence of the outdoors with the indoors. Um, we are you oftentimes don't think about mapping the assets within a building, and that's really an area that has been pretty new and, and, and exciting for us is, is the ability to bring that mapping inside of a building, right? The ability to control temperatures, um, you know, in an automated fashion to understand what type of, of assets, infrastructure we have in a particular location within the building. What's the easiest way to get from point A to point B? within a building. So those are some of the things that are, are, are pretty exciting for us. It's not just mapping outside, it's also mapping inside. Well, and we have in St. Louis, uh, probably now about seven to 10 years old, IL-411, the internal, they did a lot of mapping for stores. Uh, but Lisa, I want to focus on something you said as we're wrapping up. You said everything happens in space and time. So why this space? Why this time? Why St. Louis and why now? Yeah, you know, I... I I am so excited about the opportunities with respect to geospatial here in St. Louis. I've been calling it the geospatial center of the world um, because the buzz is just so exciting over the last couple of couple of years. Um, you know, we certainly at Esri have a have a growing professional services group. Um, we have 700 experts who are working across the United States, um, and you know, we really see that opportunity to to grow here to partner to partner closely with the, the great universities that are our local here um, to take advantage of that latest technology and cutting edge applications um, and to grow that workforce so that we can reach, reach this growing, growing user base. Uh, here in St. Louis, we recently hired 25 new staff members um, over a very short amount of time um, that bring a, really a very, very range of experience, a fresh perspective to the, to the, to the amazing work we're doing in this uh, region. Um, and I just want to highlight, you know, when you think about a software company, it's not just about the developers. Yes, we're looking for those developers. Yes, we're looking for the, those UI, UX designers. Um, but we're also looking for, for those geospatial engineers that just have a passion um, behind with respect to geography and GIS. We're looking for those enterprise engineers, system architects, uh, consultants, project managers, account managers. You name it, we're looking for it. And, you know, you can apply GIS to everything and anything. So really the sky's the limit, and, and St. Louis St. Louis is ready for it. Jennifer Prather, the Senior Program Manager for Esri, thank you for helping us understand this today. Great. It's been so great to talk with you guys. And Esri is a name, you're going to want to remember that. You're going to be hearing about it a lot in St. Louis over the next few years. Jennifer Prather, again, thank you for joining us. And thank you, the listener, for joining us on this geospatial journey on this edition of the show. And if you want to learn more about it, Download the podcast, hang out with us uh, on the air. We're here every Sunday. We'll see you next week. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. 
The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.